0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Catching Up With, a series of discussions with staff from across the University of Brighton. I'm Richard Newman, and in this episode, I've been speaking to Dr. Marlon Moncrief. We went down to the Belladrome at Preston Park to discuss his forthcoming exhibition. Made in Britain, Uncovering the Life Histories of Black British Champions in Cycling. Something he'll be talking about at the Advancing Teaching and Learning on Race Conference on Tuesday, the 11th of December at Salis Benny Theatre. It was great to get some time with Marlon to talk about a fascinating subject.
1: I'm going to be exploring the lives and the careers of Black British Champions, champions in Cycling. So those cyclists as athletes who have heritage of African descent or African caribbean descent, um, exploring, exploring their lives and their careers um, over the last fifty years. So I've selected seven athletes to showcase at my exhibition, and I'm going to be um, I'm going to be placing those, their histories within a wider sociological context of the, um, the, 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 the 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 cycling boom that's occurred in Britain over the last sort of twenty years, particularly um, with the sort of post uh, um, 2012 boom since the win of of, of bradley wiggins at the tour de france so yeah it's exploring that particular um phenomenon and it's placing those histories within those to understand more about representation um
0: at elite level can we start with your background because you've been a pretty successful cyclist yourself um i've had some
1: some some good moments in cycling um Um, I started cycling when when I I was young. I used to live at a place um, in London which was was close to Richmond Park, which is quite big for cycling now. I used to ride to school um, uh, and and back, um, and um, I took up cycling when I went to work. I I met someone at work, and he asked me to come along to a race, and I didn't like it at first, but um, after that, I got quite good at it. I won um, the club championships for the time trials, um, I won the Road Race Cup. I won the Hill Climb Cup. I won a few l- l- races that were quite local. The, cr- the Crawley Wheelers Road Race, the Lewis Wanderers Road Race. Um, then after that, I, I kind of left cycling for a bit. I came back and I became a track sprinter. I was told that I was quite good at sprinting, and um, I won I won quite quite a few national titles. Uh, I got some got some European medals, and I got a World Championship medal as well. So I've yeah. done
0: quite a bit. Not a bad record. <laughs> and it's a fascinating subject that you'll be exploring. And we've, we've had the boom of cycling in Britain, as you say, yeah. uh, over the past... Well, yeah, since 2012, since Sir Bradley Wiggins' uh, success. Um, who are the Black British cycling champions that you've been speaking to?
1: I've been speaking to all of them. I've, uh, I started, started off with someone called Maurice Burton. He was the first Black British champion back in the 1970s to the most recent champion, someone called Charlotte Cole Hussein. Um, so there's Maurice Burton, there's Russell Williams, there's um, David Clark, Christian Light, Janice Reed, Trey White, Kai White, um, Quillen Isidore. Most of these guys are road and track cyclists. Um, the focus is, is, is more on road and track cycling. I, I have included, in, in, included the BMX cyclists as well, but the focus is, is more upon representation
0: in road and track cycling. Britain's been dominating... Uh, world cycling on the track and on the road yeah. over the, the past number of years, the yeah. Tour de France successes and, and on the track at the Olympics and the world championships as well. But the top cyclists around the world, they are predominantly white. Uh, Why is that?
1: That's, that's the Eurocentric perspective that we get. So when we watch the Tour de France on television, because that's broadcast you know, on ITV4, and when, when we watch the Giro d'Italia or the Tour of Spain, we see lots of white European cyclists, racing for white European teams but if you look around the world if you go to places like the Caribbean um, it's, 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 it's a big scene there if you go to countries like Guadeloupe or, or Trinidad and Tobago there's a massive cycling scene there and you have black champions there if you go to places like Asia um, to, um, to Japan, to Malaysia you're going to get lots of cycling there um, even in Africa, even in South America so I think it's that Eurocentric perspective that's imposed upon us mm. that makes it look like, like, like cycling is a white sport um, this is what I'm examining through these stories of these black champions. I, w- I want to sort of place their stories within this sort of sort of dominant Eurocentric perspective to understand what, what their I- experiences were in the sport and, and why, why, they, why, why we haven't seen black champions being represented at the highest level in
0: the sport. Yeah, and is there a predominant theme that's coming out of that as well? From From, from my research? Yeah. Um, there is, there is. Um, um,
1: I, I'd like people to come to the exhibition to make up their own minds um, because I don't want to impose that upon people.
0: What are the barriers for, for black cyclists getting to that elite level, though, in your opinion, at yeah. the elite level, the grand tours? Elite
1: level an amateur, um, in, an a, in, an, in an amateur sense, if you work hard enough, if you train hard enough, um, if you go to the races and get the points, you can achieve your elite uh, licences an elite cyclist. It's when you it's when it comes to being selected for a team this is where the people who run the teams have that particular choice as to who they want to be in the team mm-hmm. so there are some cyclists as part of the exhibition who have had that experience where they, 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 they've been, been winning races at a professional level mm-hmm. but they haven't got the pick to race for, for the bigger team so therefore they haven't had the opportunity to race mm-hmm. in big races like the tour de france or or the world championships mm-hmm. It's down to it's down to choice, really, of, 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 of the sponsor, um, and uh, and those people in, in
0: positions of power to make those decisions. That's what I've found. You've been collating this exhibition yeah. um, about Black British champions. Are there any stories that you want to just share to us? Give us a little a little tease of some of the ones, some of the highlights that you just want to point out. It's
1: called Made in Britain because um, what I've done is I've asked these. Cyclists to tell us, tell me about their life histories in terms of where they were born, um, what was their socialisation, um, what got them into the sport, who were their mentors, what 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 was their greatest um, achievement, what were the barriers. Um, so if I go back to, to the childhood stories, you know, there are some fascinating stories. For example, Russell Williams tells the story of of going to Hernhill Velodrome and seeing the guys riding around around with, with shaved legs. And um, and you know that makes me laugh because you know and, and um and then he went home to because he saw kids sort of racing with, um with mitts, so he he went home and he cut the fingers off his dad's gloves and went back to just to just, just to sort of feel more connected to the sport. There's one about Maurice Burton who um, dreamt of of racing a bicycle. And um, he actually found the bicycle dumps and he resurrected that bike to race bicycles and he won lots of races on that, um, to to when he became um, stronger at cycling and when he, when, he, when he won his first championships in Leicester in 1974, the crowd booed when, 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 he, when, when he actually won and he was holding the flowers up. So that, that, you know, those, those, those kind of stories were quite strong
0: and quite personal that they've shared with with me. I really enjoyed those. Mm. Um, One of the most high-profile black British cyclists in recent times is Sinead's Reid. Multiple world champion on the track and and BMX as well. Um, It's been a while since uh, she steps away from Olympic disciplines and then eventual retirement. Is there a lack of role models? uh, Is that also a problem for, for younger black British cyclists trying to make their way through?
1: It was certainly one of the questions that I asked the cyclists as part of my research as to whether... Whether the lack of role models was, was was impacting upon young black people coming into the sport, and some of them said yes. I mean, if you look at sports like football, um, and if you you see lots of black footballers, and if they seem to be happy, then that might attract more sort of young people into the sport. But if there isn't any sort of representation in sports like road cycling and track cycling, it might seem to be a space where where you that that, that you cannot access. It's exclusive. Um, Whilst with BMX, I mean, you know, Shanese Sh- is from a BMX background. Um, Trey White, Kyle White, they do BMX. They've represented Britain. But th- the thing about BMX is that it's got a stereotype of, of being an, an urban sport. And whilst road and track cycling has got this sort of connotation as being more of a purist sport. And, 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 and this is what I was really examining. Road and track cycling, why, the, why, why, why there weren't many black British cyclists in that aspect of the sport. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, if you had more role models, um, I think it would be much more accessible for young black people.
0: I mean, how does the the lack of representation in uh, black British cyclists act as a a sort of a microcosm um, for wider racial inequality?
1: Well, when you come to the exhibition and you read and you read some of the narratives that these cyclists have shared, you'll be able to answer that question for yourself. For example, I come from the field of education as well. I mean, you know, I kind of mix my cycling with my, edu- you know, with my sort of career as a educator. And if you look at universities and schools, for example, you don't really see many um, people of color, black people, in positions of power, in positions of leadership. And um, this is this this is something that's coming out of the um, narratives in terms of representation and opportunity. Um so. You know, there are some racial inequalities that these cyclists talk of that you can relate to wider society. Mm. Absolutely. You
0: know, because this study um, is sort of it's, it's sort of a knock-on, isn't it? It's sort of, the progression into something that you have a passion about cycling, yeah. um, but it's sort of almost come out of your doctoral studies as well, hasn't it? There's kind of a link there. Oh well, my doctoral studies was all about collecting
1: narratives, so um, it was all about. Um, Examining the um, construct of the National History Curriculum being a former primary school teacher, I was interested in in, in how history, the the history of mass migration to Britain was being taught. And what I found was that it was very much a Eurocentric perspective. So that history was to do with the Anglo-Saxons and Vikings shaping England. And it it didn't have anything to do with black British history. It didn't have anything to do with my history. So... I collected the narratives of my parents and, 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 and my grandparents on mass migration and settlement, and I juxtaposed that with the national history curriculum, and I presented that to, to teachers um, to ask them to see whether they could transform their approaches to teaching and learning about that particular aspect. So stories, um, you know, the dominant discourses, can be challenged by the sort of the the, the marginalized stories which and, 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 and this is what I'm doing with this cycling research I'm bringing the marginalized stories and I'm using those to challenge the dominant stories that are imposed
0: upon us by the press we end uh, every podcast in exactly the same way just some quick fire questions away from your work so first of all they're not particularly difficult
1: okay.
0: uh, <laughs> first of all favorite place in Sussex
1: my favorite place in Sussex I'm I, I actually live in West Sussex. Um, um, and um, I like Amberley. Um, it's it's right in the heart of the South Downs, and there's there's a big hill called Berry Hill. And I'm saying that because when you know when I used to do a lot of cycle training and racing, I used to live in London, um, there used to be a race. There used to be um, a race. It was a sort of training ride in January Gen- Gen- called the Finden Bash. So it was, a, it was it was a 90 mile um, ride out with you know fast ride out, and there was a, a, a hill called Berry Hill, and I, I actually remember going up that hill in the mist, and it was it was good that it was in the mist because quite a steep hill. Um, and when you get to the top of that hill you got a lovely view of Sussex you've got a lovely view of Amberley um, and I happen to be living close to it now so, so that, that's, that's, that's my favourite
0: place at the moment yeah, good choice um, what are you currently reading, watching or listening to?
1: I'm reading Bradley Wiggins' icons at the, moment, at the moment some of his icons, some of his favourite cyclists are mine as well so there's someone called Miguel Induran he was a Spanish cyclist, Big Mig yeah, he was one of my icons if you want of, uh, inspired me to get into cycling um, did you say listening to yeah. music? Music. Um, I'm listening to what my daughter's listening to at the moment. She listens to someone called Jonas Blue. Um, it's always on the radio in the car, and it's here in the car. Um, but I do like I do like reggae music, you know. And um, my favourite reggae singer was Peter Tosh. Used to be in the Wailers, and um, I just love his vel- his, his silky vel- velvety voice, and I just love his lyrics.
0: So Bradley Wiggins' book has been, got a bit of controversy as well, hasn't it? With the uh, with he still chose Lance Armstrong as one of his as one of his icons, and it got a bit of press coverage. That one
1: it did. I, I can see the reason why he's chosen Lance Armstrong because you know he had cancer, and um, you know, and he came back from that to to win the Tour de France, and we all know about his the issues to do with cheating. But the very fact is that he that you know, he was sick, he was sick and he was a champion. And um, so I think he was more, more, more focused on, on, on that particular fact that he was a champion cyclist before that controversy.
0: Absolving all responsibilities for you at a weekend, how would you spend your weekend in the perfect way?
1: Cycling. <laughs> absolutely. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: absolutely. I mean, it would be, it's, it's a habit. It's, 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 it's part of my life and you know, I've, I've been doing it for over 30 years now. Mm. Um, and um, so I'd go out for a three, a three hour long bike ride um, with, with friends with my daughter as well she's a cyclist as well um, in a nice sunny day fresh air tail tower winds <laughs> and come back and you know have a shower go in the garden sit down with the family and just relax after that but yeah cycling 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 all the time
0: yeah um, okay final question then uh, you've got three people that you can invite to dinner uh, past yeah. or present who are they going to be?
1: Number one would be Jesus Christ. It would be, absolutely. I've got a lot to ask him. Um, Number two um, would be Major Taylor. Major Taylor was the first world champion cyclist. He was a black cyclist and he's from America. And, you know, his story is that, you know, he he won the world championships and um, he he was banished by his own association because he he was that good. So he had to sort of cycle cycle abroad in Europe and, and, and that's what made him. Um, the fact that he was banished from America and he had come abroad to, to ride—that's that, what actually made him um, uh, an icon. Um, also, like when he raced, you know, it was you know he, he he was actually racing for his life on the track because he was threatened with his life by his fellow cyclists. You know, if he won the race, they'd kill him. So I'd lo- 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 love to sit down with him yeah. to find out about his experiences. Um, the third person I'm, I'm going to say a few people here is that okay. I'm going to say it. I'm going to okay. say it. okay. Okay. My great grandparents okay. actually, because I'd love to find out about their lives and and, and how their lives have shaped my life today in Britain. Um, they made some decisions and
0: they affect me today. So yeah, those are the
1: people I'd like to have a dinner with me.
0: Thank you to Dr. Marlon Moncrief. You can register for the Advancing Teaching and Learning on Race conference on the 11th of December by following the links in this article. Also check out the Instagram page ahead of the exhibition. Search blackchampions underscore. Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast through your favourite provider. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.